Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. What is going on, everybody? This is episode 69 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host, who's giggling. Hi, I'm Miracle Sam. Nice to meet you. And she's giggling because she's five years old. Yeah. Well, ten years old, maybe. Nah, five. No, five-year-olds wouldn't laugh at that. I, I think a ten-year-old would laugh at that. Fine, 13. But perfect. We'll, we'll, we'll compromise yeah. higher. Uh, 13 years old. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm great. What about you? I am... How am I? Um, uh, we just uh, so I was gone over the weekend, mm-hmm. as you know. Uh, I was out of town for like a, a work trip thing, and as tends to happen when you're when you're out of town on on trips like this, uh, or trips like this, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like when you're coming back, you're like always more introspective and quiet than you are on the way there. Uh, such is the way of the road trip. Uh, and I just got to thinking about like how we do this and uh, the way in which I present these shows. And do I ask myself, uh, like I was literally being very introspective about the, the questions I ask. Am I smart enough to even be doing this, that stuff, this and that? Uh, very much par for the course for me when I'm, uh, when I'm on the road and uh, stuck in my own head. But uh, I'm in general, uh, it was good. So, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the trip back is as it always is for me. Those are, are always like that. So what did you do this weekend? Um, I pretty much stayed home. I went to the DMV and they're like, oh, your car wasn't inspected. Come back when it's inspected. So you have to, how do you do that without um, title? I That's what you're waiting for, right? Yeah. So basically, like, I try to get the title to my name, but mm-hmm. they said, no, you have to get it inspected first. Okay. The state of Maryland is, like, really weird like that. Ah. So um, I think I'm going to do it Tuesday, okay. Monday or Tuesday. Um, I might do it. Okay. There's like a gas station that does it. Oh, for cool. Free. Oh, I, excellent. Well, not free. I think they do it for a small price. Well, let's hope it. Let's fingers crossed. Let's hope it goes well. Yeah, because gas is like over five gallons. Five, I made mean, five dollars a gallon. gallon. That's uh, it's a lot of money right mm-hmm. now, from what I've seen. And also, I apologize. Uh, the studio is like it's what is like seventy out today or something like that. It felt cold outside. Mm-hmm. She's nuts, ladies and gentlemen. It is not cold out. It's, it's 71. Cold. It's 71 out. It's cold. My uh, dude, it's cold. It is not cold out. She's she's wrong. It's 71 degrees out. It's beautiful out. But up here in the upstairs studio, that means that it is quite quite warm. I'm like overheating already. I should be doing this in a tank top, but I have to charge extra for that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm people. cold. Well, uh, of course you are. Miracle's cold. If, what, who would have thunk it? The California girl is is cold. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So uh, today we are going to talk uh, box office as usual. Um, the breakdowns for that, which were pretty spot on. 
Uh, me and you are going to have a little bit more of a discussion about the Batman. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to have more of a, a chance to talk about it because when we got done watching it the other night, I was very tired. Mm -hmm. uh, I was worn out and <clears throat> I was not able to kind of hold the type of enthusiasm you would normally have for a discussion like this. But yeah. uh, the the later discussion doesn't need to be super enthusiastic. It needs to be more clinical and what the things you liked, the things you didn't like. And I've got a, a few things here and there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Drake uh, and this funny story I found about him. We're going to talk about the bubble trailer and then I've got some stuff for you in <coughs> um, Podluck that I think will yeah. make... Well, one story in particular that I think will make you very happy. So nice. are you ready? Yes. All right. She's... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and she's she's already ready, good to go. So we're just going to go ahead and do this and start here. And this says uh, Studio Weekend Estimates, and this is for box office. It says Studio Weekend Estimates. The Batman's open to 128. The bat did I call it the Batman's? Yes. Uh, it's uh, opens to 128.5 million as first Warner Brothers film with theatrical exclusivity since August 2020. Tenet. I what's funny about this? Mm -hmm. I was um, I. I First of all, I love Tenet. I know that uh, it's not considered one of Nolan's best films. But I, for some reason, I thought this came out in 2021. Um, yeah. I don't know why. Because he was kind of like, people were kind of heralding Nolan as like he was going to be the savior of the box office. He was going to be the one to bring it back into into power again. But that seems like, knowing what we know now, yeah. that seems kind of foolish considering just how long ago. Like I mean, we had just gotten underway mm -hmm. in 2020. Little did we know how much their pandemic there was left to go yeah uh with that so that that uh, it's just uh, that surprised me how long ago that was yeah so it says warner brothers latest iteration of one of its iconic uh iconic superhero franchises matt reese's the batman starring robert pattinson as the title character took 128.5 million in the domestic theatrical box office this weekend i think we predicted anywhere between 115 and 120 so mm -hmm. it exceeded the expectations at least slightly yeah uh did you think it was going to exceed the box office or did you think it was going to come in like on the low end i think it would succeed like over the amount that we thought it was going to be because like it's batman it's robert patterson what we're learning now <laughs> though um if you look down here it says uh this marks the end the pandemic this marks the pandemic era's second best opening behind only spider-man no way home which opened to 260.1 million dollars uh, so I think this officially puts um, Spider-Man ahead of Batman as far as global success. And I didn't, mm -hmm. uh, that was not the case for me growing up, uh, for most people growing up, I don't think. So mm -hmm. uh, directed by Matt Reeves, he did uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War of the Planet of the Apes, and Cloverfield. The dark and gritty take also co-stars Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman and Andy Serkis as Butler Alfred Pennyworth, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, Paul Dano as the Riddler, and the unrecognizable Colin Farrell as the Penguin. So it goes down here, but I thought the, the, there's some interesting numbers here mm -hmm. that I really like here so it says the opening weekend finishes uh, behind several other recent Batman titles all of them sequels a factor that's to be expected when a studio relaunches a franchise when compared to other movies starring the Cape Crusader the Batman debuted so okay so it was 19% behind uh, the Dark Knight in 2008 which opened to 154 point, uh, 158.4 mm -hmm. uh, 20% below uh, 2012's The Dark Knight Rises which opened to 160 million yeah. I'm actually surprised how uh, close the Dark Knight Rises and the Dark Knight were in box office I would have expected the Dark Knight Rises to ride the success of the Dark Knight to a much higher opening mm -hmm. and then 22% below uh, the 2016 Batman uh, vs Superman Dawn of Justice with 166 million now notice that none of these are adjusted for inflation mm -hmm. so those numbers would likely be much higher if they were to be counted today 
Uh, however, this is good. It says, however, it did start 36% above the most recent Batman movie, that, uh, the Justice League in 2017. But that movie was like a shit show from yeah. the beginning, and nobody thought that that movie was going to do well. Uh, so it says a full recap of the box, uh, box office history is down here. And then so it says uh, these are other March titles with uh, a similar high-budget titles. So uh, Beauty and the Beast opened to $174 million in 2017. Captain Marvel opened to $153 million, so it couldn't yeah. even beat Captain Marvel. That's too bad. And 2012's Hunger Games with $152 million. So it didn't beat any of these movies. Uh, it says uh, chasing pre-pandemic levels, including all of the other movies, not, uh, not just the Batman this weekend, marks only the second frame of the pandemic era, which succeeds the box office, which exceeds the box office of the equivalent frame from 2019, the last full pre-pandemic year. Yeah. So we go down all the way. And then they mentioned the uh, pricing strategy that we talked about the other day. It says North America's large box, largest cinema exhibition circuit debuted a surcharge for the Batman across all locations. Showtimes have, have often had variable pricing, such as lower cost for, costs for early afternoon matinees, mm -hmm. uh, you know, lower than what you pay when you go yeah. at night. Uh, people plan for that if they can. It says the strategy risked alienating some audiences, but the backlash was muted when it came down to the weekend figures. Eight AMC locations ranked amongst the top 10 title earnings for theaters in the domestic market. So it did very well. And, mm -hmm. I think uh, everything okay. Yeah, okay. everything's okay. okay. Sorry, I'm just like scratching okay. some um, piece off okay. of it. All right, so uh, I know you're not. I know this stuff doesn't interest you, but it interests me. No, because... I think it's cool that you're interested by it because I didn't know like there's like a whole mathematic thing to go. Well, obviously I did know mm. because like money has to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize like if you scroll down the top locations, U.S. slash uh, Canada, I didn't realize there was a TLC. Um, T um C T C L Chinese Theater. I don't know like, what TCL I, is. It's the Chinese um theater the, okay. in downtown LA. I didn't know they played movies there. Interesting. I thought it was just for show. Okay. Uh so it says uh so we go down here for the I want to go all the way down and then we'll just talk over the rest of the mm -hmm. how it did in in theaters uh, elsewhere. So uh, second place was Uncharted with 11 million uh, beating both after leading both the prior two weeks. So it did well for two weeks, as we expected. We knew it wasn't going to stand up next to the Batman. That's what happens yeah. in these situations. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is still in the box office. It says, think any new Spider-Man, uh, think a, think a new superhero movie entering the market would plummet the one, uh, the other, the one other superhero movie already playing. Think again, Spider-Man No Way Home actually experienced the mildest decline amongst the weekend's top 10 films, drawing only a 24% drop from the week before. Mm -hmm. Still ranking fourth place in its 12th frame so it's 12th week in theaters yeah. with another 4.4 more 4.4 million spider-man no way home now has all 12 of its weekends in the top 10 that eclipses 2017 spider-man's no way home which spent 11 11 weekends in the top tier so it's mm -hmm. uh it hasn't left the top 10 in what's that uh three months yeah three three full months so we go down here. So it says the Batman drew 128,500,000. Uh, it opened to 4,417 locations. That's about $29,092 per, lo I guess, per location is what they're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, it says uh, then we go Uncharted, which had a 52% drop, which is fairly sizable uh, and lost 400 theaters, but still brought in $11 million. Mm -hmm. Dog took third. Mm -hmm. uh, I almost would have expected like Spider-Man to like, look, Dog and Spider-Man were actually, I, I actually kind of like made a prediction to myself i thought spider-man might outpace dog this weekend yeah. and i thought that would have been pretty crazy considering dog is only in its third week but it beat spider-man by two million dollars only though so dog but dog brought in six million 
that's a 41% drop, and it's still at 3,500 theaters. That's a 320-theater drop. Mm-hmm. About $1,700 per theater, about $2,839 per theater for Uncharted. Yeah. So... Both of those movies, I'm actually surprised, are actually doing pretty well. And I'm, I mean, Dog's not going to win any awards, <laughs> and it's not going to be a huge box office success, but it's, you know, it's holding steady in there. Spider-Man No Way Home uh, surpasses uh, Death on the Nile, which we've got more news about later, but uh, 4400000 just a 24% drop. It's still at 2,709 theaters. It's still playing at the warehouse where we go to see movies. Yeah. So, uh, and that's what? That's a 293 theater drop only and an average of about $1,624 per theater. So Spider-Man No Way Home is almost identical in its uh, per theater average mm-hmm. as Dog, despite one being out for three weeks and the other one being out for 12 weeks. Yeah. Um, then we've got Jackass Forever, or I'm sorry, Death on the Nile, Sing 2, Jack... Like, it feels like we've been seeing the same movies, you know, because we're, we haven't hit the summer season yet, mm-hmm. uh, where all the where more movies will be coming out week to week and things won't spend as long in the in this box office range. Yeah. But I'm excited to see what we've got now. Um, I, I meant to pull this up earlier, uh, but I forgot to because that is me. Um, so we've got... We are just coming out of March 4th weekend. Uh, and then ne- we don't have any big ones next week. Next weekend, except Tyson's mm-hmm. Run, which I don't really have any interest in going and seeing. Uh, it says when 15-year-old Tyson attends public school for the first time, his life has changed forever while helping his father clean up after the football team. Mm-hmm. Tyson befriends champion <clears throat> marathon runner Aklilu. Uh, never, uh, never letting his autism hold him back. Tyson's uh, become determined to run his first marathon in hopes of winning his father's approval. That's kind of a heartwarming story. But it's not something I necessarily would go see at a theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I might wait for that one to come out on streaming. It does have Rory Cochran in it, who I am a, a huge fan of. But uh, I don't know if this is one that I'm necessarily going to go uh, spend, you know, theater level money on to go yeah. see. Uh, then we go down here. We don't have another major release. We have one on the 18th. We have Uma and we have The Outfit. Uma was the one that you were talking about with. Um... It's not pronounced Uma. It's Oma. Well, I don't know that. Oma. Uh, Oma, uh, and that's uh, the one with what's uh, that's that that's not Sandra O. Sandra o. Uh, so that comes out. Is that a Korean film or is it? No, just it's Kore- an American film based on she's... a Korean character. No, she's like a Korean American, and a- it's based on like a Korean folklore. Okay, uh, is it a horror movie? Yeah. Okay. okay. So basically, it... the yeah the cover says it all, right? Yeah. Um, um, basically, like she tries to escape from her mom, but she's the only person that her mom has left in the world. So when she dies, like, basically her mom's, like, haunting her. I'm assuming... You're not really a horror movie fan, right? So No, but I think this is really cool okay. to think um, about it because, like, she has a daughter of her own. Who does? The character? Uh, you mean the, the character? The character okay. that Sandra O oh plays. Okay. Um, so uh, it's, like, three generations of... Mm-hmm. Okay, so it says, which is the Korean word for mother, uh, follows Amanda, played by O, oh, and her daughter living a quiet life in, on an American farm, but when the remains of her estranged mother arrive from Korea, Amanda becomes haunted by the fear of turning into her own mother. Yeah. Okay, so there's, like, a metaphor in there as mm-hmm. well. Um, we've got... And then also coming out the same weekend is The Outfit, which uh, that is uh, an English tailor makes beautiful clothes for the only people around who can afford them, a family of vicious gangsters. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Mark Rylance is good. Uh, Dylan O'Brien is, is good. Uh, Graham or... It uh, sounds kind of boring. Um, I, I don't know. That, that depends. Is it supposed to be a historical piece? Is it supposed to be... Um, 
I, we'd have to, I'd have to watch the trailer for it. Maybe we watch the trailer and get blown away by it. I don't know. Yeah. But that could be interesting. I, like, uh, I kind of, it looks like it's more supposed to be, uh, like an Oscar or, you know, like some type of, uh, period piece. So that, that could be yeah. good. So we really don't. And then Jujutsu Kaisen, um, Oh, comes out, mm -hmm. but that's not a nationwide release. That's limited. Run, no, the so. movie theater that we're going, they have it. So okay. do you want to go watch it? Possibly. Um, Brian might want to go, or actually, you know, um, Dane. Dane might want to go mm -hmm. see that. So, uh, and then we we don't really have any big competition for the. I, I don't think Uma or the outfit or Tyson's Run are going to dethrone mm -hmm. Batman. I just don't. So it's got a clear path to victory up until the Lost City, which mm -hmm. comes out on March twenty fifth. That's the one with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't really. Ooh, it lists Brad Pitt in there and mm -hmm. Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. Pitt's making a comeback, uh, yeah. you know, bullet train and all that stuff. So we'll we'll see. Uh, it, it's got a clear path up until this. I'm assuming the Lost City movie is based on like something. It sounds like it sounds too. The Lost City could it be talking about Atlantis? Must could be. Could it be talking about some other yes. legendary tales? Yes. So it says. Uh, it's yeah. So reclusive author Loretta Sage, played by Sandra Bullock, uh, has spent her career writing about exotic places in her popular romance adventure novels, featuring oh. handsome cover model Alan, played by Channing Tatum. Oh, I know what this is. What they is already it? made this movie. What was it called? It's the same thing, basically. Same synopsis where different actors. Yep. How long ago? How long ago? Mid two thousands. Okay, now I'm curious. <laughs> I forgot what the actress. I mean, I'm very clearly not the target demographic <laughs> for anything like that. So yeah, but it's not called the it's not called the Lost City, Aww. but um, it's the same lady who plays in the Mummy. Uh, which which Mummy? The, the there was a 2005 Andy Garcia movie called The Lost City. It might. I don't know. Not the Lost City of Z. Let me see. Because like there is a movie where like she she has agoraphobia, the main character. Okay. And like the only person she talks to is this character that she wrote in a romance and slash adventure novel and like agoraphobic writer. <laughs> agoraphobic writer talks to who? To a character that she made. They did a house episode like this as well. Uh, let's see. Nim's Island? That's I not... think... Wait, click on it. Maybe it might be it. Can you zoom in the photo? Uh, well, I'm just going to look it up. I'll look it up on IMDb. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I, it's from 2008, so that seems like about the time you were talking about it. I never saw it. Yeah. Nim's. Nim's Island. Jodie Foster. Uh, Jodie Foster. Gerard Butler. Um, Abigail Breslin. Wow, she must have been young in that. Uh, Mark Brady. I mean, it looks like what you're describing. Oh, yeah, it's this one. Okay. It's <laughs> okay. this one. A young girl inhabits an isolated island with her scientist father and communicate with a reclusive author of the novel she's reading. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I wouldn't. It, it's this one, but, it, like, at the end, like, the art the author like she ends up staying with them because she falls in love with the father of course so it's a hallmark movie with uh with a sizable budget mm -hmm. i don't think you can get gerard butler to do to do hallmark movies most of the time so. yeah but um basically they already made this movie they already did yeah they already made it and mm -hmm. i don't really like sandra bullock we uh we've uh we, we've kind of crapped on I, I mean not on purpose but she's kind of come up when we had that article we covered about her like well whining. there's another article where she complains about her black son and she was afraid of him and i was like 
it's your son, though. Oh, boy. Yeah, I sent you that article, but you didn't want to I, talk about it. I probably seemed a little bit spicy um, mm-hmm. at the time. We hadn't really found our, our, our voice here on the show. Um, yeah, but she was complaining about her black son, and I'm like, you're the one who adopted him. That's extremely for, racist of her. Yeah, like she said, I felt so afraid. And I'm like, dude, you adopted him when he was a baby. Uh, he should be fine. Uh, are you sure that's what she meant by that? She No, she legit said it in the I article. I think, but she didn't mean like like she's afraid like of what's going to happen to him in life. No, uh, she was afraid of him. Okay, wow. That's, well, let's just move on then because that's just a creepy thing and I don't want to make the first segment of our uh, episode creepy because she's... I would, I just don't Sandra like, Bullock, going to Sandra Bullock, she can do that. That's her... I just don't like Sandra Bullock, but um, they already made this movie basically yep. but is she adventuring by herself uh <laughs> did, you, did you ever see that um me- no i think it's it, oh in the new one no it's yeah. her and channing tatum um well no i mean like if you remove channing tatum is it just by herself let's find uh oh let's find like oh you mean like no daughter like no daughter, no daughter. like she's just adventuring to an island by let's herself see. it says a look at the lost island oh, okay it says uh brilliant but reclusive author loretta sage i mean is she gonna have kids if she's reclusive and, and agoraphobic sandra bullock has spent her career writing uh, about exotic places in her popular romance novels featuring handsome cover model alan played by channing datum who has dedicated uh who has dedicated his life to embodying the hero character of dash while on tour promoting her new book with uh, with alan loretta is kidnapped <laughs> by an eccentric billionaire played by Daniel Radcliffe, who hopes that she can lead him to the ancient lost city's treasure from her latest story. Wanting to prove that he can be a hero in real life and not just on the pages of her books, Alan sets off to rescue her. Uh, thrust into an epic jungle adventure. The fact, I mean, I, can it really be called a jungle adventure if The Rock isn't in it? I don't think so. Maybe Channing Tatum is the new rock. He like transforms into him like yeah. the end of that scene. From... But did you already mention that Brad Pitt is in this movie? Yes. Dude, he's making the, we're getting the, the Pitt comeback. <laughs> he's uh, he's going to become, uh, it's, he, you know, it was a pit stop. Now we're getting back on the oh, uh, on the fame train. But it, uh, thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, so, I mean, in this, it looks like uh, Sandra Bullock is probably not going to end up with with da- Daniel Radcliffe in the movie if he's mm-hmm. the bad guy. Plus, like, there's a, a pretty sizable age difference there that, that might be. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but uh, Channing Tatum and her, I mean, that's a pretty classic story, right? The mm-hmm. uh, the author uh, falls in love with the muse or, or whatever. So we'll see. Oh, he's a real person. What do you mean? I thought it was like all no, in no. Head. It's like he he like does the promo for like the uh, he's like he's like the cover model. Oh okay. Yeah. I was like, hold those on. abs are too real. I know. I was like, hold on. Is she imagining like a person saving her the uh, whole time? That would have been more funnier in my head. Just all, all a huge acid trip. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Okay. Like she's imagining this whole thing and she writes it down in a novel. I am, well, you know, that could be done. And uh, realistically, if this was the real world, the person coming to save you isn't going to look like Channing Tatum. Let's just be real. Uh, you're not going to get nope. that lucky. Nope, but he <laughs> looks like Danny DeVito. No, he does not. <laughs> that is not true. And you know it's not true. I know, but it would be funny. Somebody like Danny's like... Yeah, hi. like you like you're like oh save me, and it ends up being like Danny DeVito or like um, uh, I don't know who who else would it be. Uh, uh, Christopher Walken. Christopher, uh, yeah. See, you just get like instead of being saved by a handsome guy, you just get saved by an old guy with a really crazy widow's peak. <laughs> that's that's how the real world would work. Yeah. 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 You don't get to have the you don't get to be saved and get abs. You don't get both. You can have one or the other. 
You can die with a guy with the abs, mm-hmm. or you can be saved by a guy who looks like, uh, you know, like he, he fixes your cable. <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy coming soon. Perfect. That's exactly, yeah, exactly. Oh Larry- my God. They already made a movie like that where he's an action hero, but I love it. Like anything that Larry the Cable Guy touches, I kind of love it. It's like trashy movies that I love binging. Well, there you go. It's like, uh, what is it, like the quartering? like, he's like, my favorite movie is like Paul Blart Mall Cop. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. So mm-hmm. it is what it is, man. All right. The Batman. Yes. The Batman. The Batman. The Batman. Uh, so we, so here's what, here's the deal. We, we talked about this movie um, for a bonus segment the other night. And what happened was, uh, first, uh, the first thing that I'm going to mention is, is the one thing that I mentioned then. Mm-hmm. And it's also one of my few detractors for this movie is that this movie is long. Yeah. Uh, and when we, it's two hours and 55 minutes. And that is a, you know, that's a long time commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 24 hours in the day. Yeah, it's been three of them. When you really think about it, four of them, if you count commute, um, Go, going to and from this movie uh and what i've noticed is that uh for me the theater is the best way for me to like be able to to deal with my adhd meaning it mm-hmm. forces me to stay engaged yeah i will say if i'm going to list if there's one like concrete example of like is there a detractor for someone like me now remember i have extremely bad adhd yeah. but the, the theater experience is usually enough to keep me highly engaged uh i checked my phone yeah. Uh, a couple of times during this movie, and I'm usually pretty good. Like I didn't like sit there and like look on the phone, but I yeah. looked at the time. Uh, I'm like, you know, uh, Brian was there, and yeah. he's like, like, we were like two hours in. He's like, how long is this movie? I'm like, dude, we got another hour. He's like, yeah. holy crap. Um, the reason why this is so hard to count as a negative is because uh, at first I wanted to bring that up because I was very low energy when yeah. we did that review. Like we kind of had to make it just a talk, uh, just like a hangout. But I was just very. Um, what's the term for it i'm just i was just very exhausted yeah uh when we were doing that i was i was i was in the wrong picture mode i was in mm-hmm. three picture modes sorry there. um and <sighs> there's a lot i liked about the movie there's yeah. a few things i didn't like but i wanted to kind of collect my thoughts i didn't get a chance to see it again but i did go through and i wrote down all the stuff they liked the the first thing is i think they could have cut 15 minutes out of this movie mm-hmm. um the the best example i can give is the scene at the end when uh, Batman and Catwoman are like uh, going their separate ways, mm-hmm. that seems long. Like that, like it's it's them on motorcycles for a good three to four minutes that could have been cut down to a minute, and it didn't feel like there was really any like uh, like Bruce was looking over his shoulder at her or you yeah. know he's looking at the mirror. Like I because Bruce, um, the the downside is that Bruce, I I, I didn't feel yeah. that. There, I, now you'll have to tell me if you agree or disagree with this. I didn't feel a whole lot of chemistry between Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson, but I don't think that that is their fault. I think this is the fault of that character of the mm-hmm. Batman being so one, so not one dimensional, but yeah. so down the whole movie. He is so uh, beaten and mm-hmm. uh, emotionally drained and and very hollow. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's he's sad. He's sad. He's angry. He's all these things, but it comes out as kind of stoic sadness, and that doesn't le- uh, lend itself a lot of room to be taken in by this charismatic, beautiful woman because he feels kind of awkward. And he, yeah. uh, Pattinson even says that in his like um, in his interviews. He's like, "Look, Bruce Wayne in this movie, not the Batman, but Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. is a weirdo yeah. in this movie. The way he acts at the funeral, yeah. uh, or the 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 few scenes in the in the man in the manor." Mm-hmm. 
are not really any different from how he behaves when he's in the, the cape and cowl. Yeah. So did did you feel that they had chemistry? Was that just me? Was it just my interpretation? Um, I felt like they did, like in the beginning you where did. like she's like yelling at him but then pulls him in. It's like a weird like they tried to write something so romantic. So you mean like fit like physical the like f- the physicality yeah. like connected with you more than it did with me? Yeah, where it, Okay. and also like the emotions too because like um she's looking for her friend. Now she found out that he's dead. Sorry spoiler alert. Um Yes, uh, we're gonna we we should. We'll, I don't think we've revealed any uh, spoilers mm-hmm. up to this point. We're gonna talk spoilers, guys. Uh, we'll put it in the title mm-hmm. that we're gonna that we're gonna talk spoilers. But yeah, um, so she found out her friend was dead, and then like she's going back and forth through her emotions, yeah. and he's like telling her like you shouldn't do that because that's gonna make it worse. Like it's not gonna help you. Yep. And she's like, well, what about you? Wouldn't you feel the same? And he's like, meh. <laughs> yeah. Like to me, it just feels like he feels like kind of a. Uh, like a black hole of mm-hmm. uh, he's uh, Robert Pattinson is a charismatic dude, yeah. but in a different way than the Batman. Yeah. He, people think he's, uh, he's the perfect fit for the Batman because of twilight, mm-hmm. but off like off camera, he's a very charismatic and energetic dude yeah. uh, for the most part. Uh, okay. One thing. Uh, so, so me and you, so we disagree on that. Uh, we, we did like you, you felt there was chemistry there. I didn't feel like uh, it was there. I also am not a huge fan of, of Zoe Kravitz in, in her, we're going to be talking about you. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I got like a message from somebody. Turn your phone over. I know, but I didn't know. I demand your attention right now. Okay. Sorry. But yeah, like, as you said, like it's kind of, it's kind of weird because like he, he's trying to do brooding in like the loner aspect, but again, like. We found out he's only doing Batman for two years. Yes, this is his second year as Batman. Mm-hmm. That actually, um, I was talking to, to Tim about this. He's not a huge fan of the idea of Batman not being really good at the stuff he does. Yeah. Uh, I actually really liked the, there, there's one specific scene where he's about to to use the hang glider, th- the costume. Yeah. There's a name for that. I heard somebody mention it. Now I can't remember what it is. Um, but he puts on like a hang gliding suit, right? Mm-hmm. And he like stumbles, steps off the side of like this, um, like this, uh, like gargoyle or something, uh, a statue on the top of a building. Yeah. And he looks scared as shit. Mm-hmm. Like he looks like he's terrified to jump as yeah. you would be in your second year of doing it. Like mm-hmm. who knows if he's even used that, uh, no, I think it's like his first time trying it because yeah. he's like, okay. Uh, the the other thing, I'm not going to dance around it. I hated the the white privilege comment, mm-hmm. but not for the reason that you think. Uh, I don't care that she mentioned that uh, income inequality was a large theme of this movie yeah. uh, and political corruption was a large theme of this movie. Yeah. But they were done so in a way where they're using evergreen language that can be talked about 10 years, 5 years, 20 years from now, mm-hmm. and all of those themes and ideas will hold up. Yeah. But a comment like that is so of the moment. It's so of twenty, you know, the, the early 2020s uh, yeah. to late 2019s that... You're going to like it, it. Took me out of the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, like, she could have said anything there. Yeah. Like she's like, these corrupt, rich, uh, white privilege. Ab- no, she. That was the thing is she didn't have to say it. all. She has to say yeah. is, these corrupt, rich politician assholes. That's mm-hmm. all she has to say there. You do not. First of all, it, it it makes the assumption that nobody of any other race has ever been corrupted in politics before, yeah. which is obviously stupid and untrue and not realistic to the world we live in. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 full of social commentary. That that didn't need to be there because the social commentary buried within the message of the movie mm-hmm. is just as effective. You can talk about political corruption. Yeah. You can talk about social inequality and class structure problems through the tone of this movie, especially with Batman, given that Batman is a rich 
uh, comes from a rich background, but sacrifices for the poor. Yeah. It felt like they were saying that the only way to solve these problems is to throw money at it. And that's, we all know, doesn't really work. The war on drugs has proved that. Yeah. The war on poverty has proved that. So I, it's like, I, I appreciated the themes. Like some, like I heard people calling like a lot of the themes of this movie woke. I said, no, these are to me uh, accurate to a Batman telling, but yeah. I just don't think you need to hammer it home with clumsy language that doesn't fit. Yeah. Like how this one um, Rotten Tomato critic said, what's wacky? Woke cast and cast like indie movie answer this Batman reboot. And he gives it like five stars. And I'm like, I didn't really see it as yeah. woke because like, as you said, like yeah. it talks about property because like, I don't know. That's, if was... a, that's a central theme of Gotham mm-hmm. in almost everything that they do with these things. The yeah. idea is that corruption is a, what they're going. They're going for a, a different um, a, a story here. In the past, you would have gone with the story that money can't fix it, and the only way Batman can fix it is to literally beat the problem out of out of the city, right? Yeah. Scare the criminals so badly that they don't commit crimes. Yeah. They kind of did that in Arrow too, in, mm-hmm. in the first, especially the first few seasons of Arrow, yeah. where he literally scares the criminals into just not committing crimes. Yeah. But in this, they're they're talking about it as if Bruce Wayne can fix this with money. But uh, what they're actually trying to figure out here, and one of the things I liked is he's trying to figure out what his role as Batman is in the city. So yeah. I don't begrudge them not. Uh, further figuring out who Bruce Wayne is yet because he's still figuring out how Batman is supposed to represent uh, what Batman is supposed to represent yeah. to the city and I thought that was well uh, done in the end when he when he dives back into the water mm-hmm. and he lights the flare and he leads people out yeah. I like that. I like yeah, that a lot. That was like, really good. I, I felt like I felt that scene. The problem was, uh, I, I felt like it took too long to get there. Well, the scene I also love that scene where he turns on the flare and he holds out his hand yeah. to the mirror yeah. and she was hesitant to grab it because like they don't know if like he's a good guy or not exactly so when he's not kid... even called batman yet really. yeah the joker or i'm sorry the the riddler called him the batman but he was calling himself vengeance yeah he never called i don't think he ever called himself the batman Mm-mm. like it was only when in reference to the riddler that they yeah. started calling him that yeah um well like that scene is also powerful because like a little kid grabbed his hand yes exactly uh i don't know like for me, I feel like this movie is really good. I don't know who said it, um, but they they said that in the comic books, I think you said it, in the comic books they portray Gotham is like this rundown city. Yes. And this is what I really liked in the movie because it doesn't show that Gotham is like this hoity-toity little yes. city that happens to have like a side of it where it's like dirty and, and like poor. They did that in, in The Dark Knight because mm-hmm. remember they called that side of the city the Narrows. Yeah. Uh, in Arrow that was called uh, the Glades. Uh, yeah. So that's not in a, it's basically a, 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 a kitschy term for slum yeah. or uh, whatever you know if your neighborhood has uh, a, you know like a trailer park or ghetto where, where they yeah. where uh, the, historically they say mm-hmm. crime uh, poverty happens in those areas yeah. and this it's, it's portrayed as almost the entire town is like that. Yeah, the entirety of Gotham is like that. That's what I really like about it because because like there's a lot of crime that's going around and like you can't really tell like in dark knight or arrow mm. unless you go to that side of town but if they write stories that way my me as a viewer i would have thought like when you just not go to that side of the town they don't need your help just help the town that you're part of like stay safe yep um so uh, it's, it's just dumb uh, but i really like how the batman portrayed this city like basically everywhere it's like 
dirty and gringy and poor. Like nobody has law there. It's like a lawless land. Yep. Like well, the Wild West. They actually didn't really uh like they they, they didn't actually make police corruption as much of an, a thing as they made political corruption in this yeah. movie in the past it was like he could only trust james gordon mm -hmm. jim gordon because he because all the other cops were on the take yeah. and this it was more about the fact that all the politicians mm -hmm. all of the rich entitled politicians were, were now, corrupt. in the movie he does say like uh i think it's like towards the end he was like he was talking to commission or um gordon he's like do you trust him he's like no and he's like yeah i only trust you yeah, I actually thought that line was slightly unearned yeah. because we haven't seen enough of him and Gordon. To, one movie isn't enough of him and Gordon together. But I like their relationship because like, uh, have you watched the Harley Quinn series on HBO no. Max? I know what it is. Yeah, so basically in that series, they said that like, um, it's the same thing like how Joker and Joker can't live without Batman. Mm -hmm. But it's the same thing with Commissioner Gordon. He can't live without Batman. And they're like, like actually close friends yep, yep but like batman keeps on pushing him away until they need him were, were you glad were you glad that they skipped the death of the waynes kind of yes i don't yeah. think we need uh especially if like, they've they've ret well not retcon that what they've done is they they've uh they've put alfred's uh past in the in the source material mm -hmm. of being like a uh, special, you know, he was not just some butler. He yeah. was a military guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so they've put that to use by, they've kind of omitted Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. There's no uh, League of Assassins. He yeah. was trained by Alfred. Mm -hmm. uh, and Alfred can teach him how to fight, mm -hmm. but he can't really, I, as far as I know, like he's not going to teach him all of the kind of... Uh, I like cloak and dagger techniques that the league taught him yeah. uh, using fear as a sim, you know, mm -hmm. using a symbol to, to strike fear in your enemies. That's not yeah. really something that comes with military jargon. Mm -hmm. That would have come from the league. That wouldn't have come from Alfred. So yeah. he knows how to fight, but he hasn't really polished the, uh, the role of Batman yet yeah. and how he's going to take on criminals. So I do think that he captured the unfinished, unpolished nature of this. And the suit goes along with that perfectly. The, mm -hmm. It looks like and he sewed that suit. Signal. Yeah, it, it looks like he sewed the suit himself. Um, the the things on his arm just look like uh, like like his uh, the guards on his arm. The yeah. flechettes just look like he could have gotten them at any store. That's really what it's called. The little arrows. Yeah, those are called flechettes. I didn't know that was a term. It's a term. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I do. Uh, one surprising to me, uh, I loved Paul Dano as mm -hmm. the Riddler more so than I liked him as Edward Nash, meaning that uh, him as uh. I liked him in costume mm -hmm. more than I liked him uh, outside, of, outside the of the costume. I felt like, first of all, his voice was terrifying, yeah. uh, but it's only terrifying when it's under the mask. Mm -hmm. He's just such a, he pulls off, he pulls off kind of nutty. Like he, you can see it almost go when he's doing the interview or not the interview when him and, and Bruce are talking at Arkham, there's a few moments mm -hmm. where he's like, like he's having his like uh bruce says something and i'm we're being very vague but we're actually not giving that many spoilers like yeah uh, but there's a scene where like uh he he stops something and, and he kind of freaks out mm -hmm. and it becomes almost childish and it it just grazes the edge of comical yeah because of the shape of paul dano's face and his glasses well um brian describes it well when he's outside of the mask he looks like a lot like um ted uh dundee Bundy? Bundy. Dundee? <laughs> Dundee! I don't know. Um, but... Serial killer Ted Dundee. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm making up names now, but like he looks like him. Yeah. Oh, kind okay. of. Like... I, don't, I don't know what he looks like off the top of my head. So No, like you remember, 
um, basically they made a movie where um, Zac Efron yes, played Edson. Yes, I saw that. So basically he has big, um, big glasses like that. Yep. Big glasses and like his hair is like all messy and long. One of the things I liked that they did was that they gave, they had him wear the glasses over the mask. Yeah. As a glasses where I can appreciate that. He doesn't just put in contacts to become a serial killer. Yeah. He has to put that mask on and uh, and put those glasses on over it. The fact that they weren't fogging up is the most unrealistic thing in this movie, <laughs> actually, when you really think about it. Uh, underrated, uh, everyone's talking about um, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, yeah. who's fantastic. Yes. Uh, that voice doesn't sound anything like Colin Farrell. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't look anything like Colin Farrell. But I don't think John Turturro as... Carmine Falcone is getting enough credit either. I thought yeah. he did a great job uh, as this kind of like vaguely menacing mobster who uh, is, uh, what is he, Selena Kyle's dad. Yeah. Uh, or like he had Selena Kyle out of wedlock uh, mm -hmm. with her mother. Um, yes. And like his scenes, like, like I, I just, like Zoe Kravitz is when it's this weird thing. She is, she's beautiful. Mm -hmm. She has uh, a decent amount of charisma. Yeah. But I just can't get into her. Like when I'm watching the stuff, she like her her. Like I don't even know if it's necessarily that it's bad or if mm -hmm. it's the roles I'm I'm catching her in. I like I, I had no problem with her casting in this. Mm -hmm. I had no problem with. Uh, any, I think uh, I think Kimmy ruined you. Kimmy, that's that that honestly might be it. like mm -hmm. I well I'll, she's also making comments on like as try as I might not to let stupid stuff celebrities say in yeah. the the same thing for Felix uh, for uh, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. They yeah. say stupid stuff in social media that wait what I did then, she say? It's we're going to talk about it. Okay. We're going to be talking about it. Stay tuned to tomorrow's episode of Cast Castle if you want to find out. Uh, but, the, you know, like her, uh, you, one of the reasons I don't have a Twitter is so that I can stay blissfully ignorant of like stupid stuff that celebrities say because mm -hmm. I don't want to hold it against them in their performance, but I can't trust myself that it won't. Yeah. Well, she has um, RBF. I don't know what that means. Resting Oh, oh, she has resting bee face. Mm -hmm. Um she has uh I'm extremely attractive and I know it face. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um which, you know, if you've got it, got mm -hmm. good on you, but maybe try to you're they're always talking about subvert expectations. How about subvert expectations and don't have that face every once in a while. But then again, you know why that that is, right? Because yeah. if you tell her to smile, mm -hmm. it's a, a you're you're, you're basically a you're a man. Yeah, you're a you're an evil, evil mm -hmm. dude. Like hey, like uh, Yes, <laughs> we're not going to go farther into that one. That's all you got to say for that yeah. one. Um, in general, uh, I don't think there's a lot. What, what's interesting is like there isn't a lot of difference between Wayne and mm -hmm. Batman, and that yeah. makes it weird in mm -hmm. some places. Like hey, the funeral was the best example of that. He's he's really standoffish and awkward yeah. at the funeral, uh, and I kind of loved it. Mm -hmm. But you can't. Do, it's not going to be accurate forever. They're going to have to have him grow into the character of of Bruce Wayne, yeah. uh, the persona of Bruce Wayne. But in general, I loved the movie. Because it gave us something different. This is mm -hmm. this is film noir. This is uh, a detective story. It's a serial yeah. killer drama. It is not a superhero movie. So even if I I think it was a tad too long, yeah. even if there are things that I would have done a little bit differently, yeah. I still think it's worth it for movies like this to get made because they open the door for uh, maybe the next person does uh, another take on a, a, a slightly less uh, derivative comic book story, yeah. and that one ends up being the one that rings even more true with me yeah well for me i feel like 
uh, artist perspective, like it's very aesthetically. Oh pleasing. yeah, it's I, like I, the lights are that. beautiful. Like they have orange lights and there's like gray and haze everywhere. I love that because it kind of reminds me of, like big cities like that where it's yeah. run down. Um, they're very heavily polluted. It's uh, what, what's interesting is I didn't even think of mentioning it because mm-hmm. it, it's it it just seems so blatantly what it was that mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it needed mentioning. But if you guys haven't seen it. Um, it is uh, a gorgeously shot movie mm-hmm. with uh, uh, the score was some people really love that score. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of ambivalent on it, uh, but like I'm I'm a Hans Zimmer guy all the way. So, so this is he's, he's a he's a he's a uh, he does scores for movies. Okay. Um, but this is this wasn't him. So uh, I don't know if they would have been able to get him for for get uh, a, a different score for this one. But I'm guessing that uh, the guy who does it gets Michael Giacchini. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if him and Reeves have worked together in the past. That could be why. But it was it was good. It just uh, it. For me, it was also, but remember, the movie's also very slow paced. Mm-hmm. It's very, I, I guess the the um, the upsell version of that is it's methodically pit, mm-hmm. methodically placed. So we'll see where it goes in the future. I, I do think that there's a lot of room <coughs> for even better movies. I will say I thought that the scene at the end uh, with the Riddler mm-hmm. and what we know now as going to be the Joker was unnecessary yeah i don't think they needed to include that in there Mm -hmm. it almost felt like a studio note yeah to like they had to include it and the reason i say we know now is because it says the batman director uh matt reeves just confirmed the identity of barry cogan's character uh the batman director matt reeves has confirmed who barry cogan plays in the film matt reeves has opened up about the important uh reveal in the batman in an interview with ign the hotshot director revealed that he shot fake scenes to preserve a key reveal of the dc reboot in the same interview the director revealed barry cogan's mysterious character is none other than the batman's most notorious villain gee i wonder who that is i don't think they need to do the joke like i really don't what's weird is i think like the joker fits best within like uh, a more modern frame, like a more realistic framework, like what we saw with Nolan mm-hmm. and this. I don't think they needed to do him in, in Justice League or yeah. Batman vs Superman. I don't think it made any, or or, or the Suicide Squad. I don't mm-hmm. think it. Well, I guess in the Suicide kind of makes sense, but those were so campy mm-hmm. that I there's not there's very few actors in my opinion that can do that level of camp, not animated now yeah. without it coming across hokey, especially after we've been given these very serious portrayals of that character. Yeah. So I felt like they didn't need it. Like, there's got to be another villain you'd rather see other than the Joker. Two-Face. Two-Face. Yeah, I, because, like, if they go along the lines about um, politics, um, politics being corrupted, Two-Face is the yep. perfect character for that because he was a politician before he got the scarring. And perhaps the polit- politicians are the focus of movie one. Maybe cops yeah. are the focus of movie two. Maybe. Um, I, I would have rather seen Deathstroke. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily fits in this world yet. I feel like it's too modern and too advanced for him. Um, because may- right now he's still new to Maybe Batman. in movie three. Like yeah. maybe maybe something that happens in movie two leads to the fallout for Slade Wilson mm-hmm. that requires Deathstroke to take out all the people or, uh, that Bruce cared about, similar to that uh, that script that Ben Affleck had with uh, Joe Manganiello. Yeah. What about Mr. Freeze? The, they're, they're talking about that. They're talking about doing a more, uh, mm-hmm. like a realistic human approach to to Mr. Freeze because that story is tragic. What happened Yeah, it's so what? tragic it, and I love it so much. And so that, like Harley Quinn, the animated series, kind of yeah. talked about it. Like, I think it was in season one. Basically, he was like, I want to save my wife. And like yeah. Harley Quinn thought he was an abusive husband. So like she unfreezed his wife. And she was like, my love, did you find the cure? And he was like, to see what you did you caused her to die sooner and like 
poison ivy found the cure but it caused him to die yeah. instead oh man it's like so there's a way you can do that mm -hmm. like that's so maybe that one's uh movie two yeah well like if they do mr freeze like can they actually do like the moment where his wife like is about to die he's like I'm sorry, honey. I have to freeze you until I find the cure. <laughs> this direct uh, Matt Reeves is more likely mm -hmm. to be able to pull this off than many people. So we'll see how that comes out. I just felt that that scene was a little bit. Or they can do Poison Ivy again. That would be hard to do. I mean, I guess uh, she kind of fits in with Catwoman. Like they yeah. have to find. So I, I, I don't want it. Well, like <laughs> personally, I, I don't want it. It's gonna be full of all sorts of agenda and yeah. I, well, like um, because she is. They'll make it about climate change. You know, they'll make it about. Climate I know, change. but it it'd be funny because like, again, I'm gonna bring up the Harley Quinn series. Like, mm. um, they talk about her background story. So she came from a well affluent family, mm -hmm. and they didn't like her because they thought she wasn't good enough no and like she had a lot of trauma for it yeah um because basically she had a birthday party like she was turning five but nobody showed up and like i her... think that's every kid's biggest fear mm -hmm. uh that they're you know you're gonna ha hold host the big party yeah uh, i mean like in high school mm -hmm. that should be like a requirement your parents should be required to go out of town at least yeah. once while you're in high school yeah. and it's a test for, do you have the guts to throw a party and 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 risk people not showing up? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like for me, I was never a party person as mm. a kid. Like I I like going, but then too many people and I get overstimulated. I get tired quickly. I actually just it's really funny. Like mm -hmm. what you mentioned that I I remember like I did throw a party like at my dad's place one mm -hmm. time, and I now vaguely remember my friend Jordan yeah walking into my neighbor's house. <laughs> at like two in the morning yeah and he's like your neighbors are really cool because i just like walked in and they're like house next door yeah yeah so i i literally haven't thought about that in probably a decade and a half until you brought that up now it just popped into my head mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. like i don't mind like throwing parties but like for me like too many people too many stimuli i get tired yeah, quickly and i'm too. like you need to leave now mm -hmm. i'm tired gee now you understand why i kick people out of my room uh, would you know here it's this one person it's me but I'm, no i'm saying but why i keep my door closed and i'm like yeah. let people live their life uh, yeah. outside because i i kind of get stuff to do uh one thing that's interesting um the uh, actually you know i'll come back to that uh, at yeah. the end of the at the end of the show so you ready to move on next yes. let's talk what uh, is it? we're going to talk about uh drake in this uh very i wish you would do this for me uh I mean, I don't think I've got the. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've got uh, enough. Do we um, have a picture of the Twitcher? Because like that's a small frame. I I, I don't have a full screen. Uh, you can look her up. Uh, yeah, what's her uh, name? Her name is sincerely Juju. That's stupid. Um. So, <laughs> Drake uh, gifted a Twitch user over one hundred thousand dollars in Bitcoin. Uh. So I just want you to picture that. Um. There, he has like a long history of everyone's seen the meme or it's not even a meme the picture of him like where he brings in like literally like a pallet of money of mm -hmm. ones to a strip club yeah back in the day that was a thing oh she's the um big bosom girl i was gonna with say the big lips okay i was gonna say i don't have i don't quite have the bosom to be able to get 100k uh in one night on mm -hmm. on twitch i wish i did uh like I said, those Twitch streamers, man, those are some industrious ladies, and I got mm -hmm. nothing but respect for the. For it's, there's no, there's nothing better. That, there's no one better at capitalism than the women of Twitch who have to find out different ways to like get around the censorship mm -hmm. and make their money. Girl, you do your thing. I'm. I got well, nothing also, to... her lips look very fake. Like she does that. 
I watched this tutorial how to make your lips really big, like mm-hmm. how Kylie Jenner has it. So basically, you outline right here. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, right above. It's creepy. And then, yeah, and then like you color it in and makes your lips bigger. Yep. That's how her lips look like. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Good for her. I got like I said, I'm I'm I got nothing but respect. You do your thing. She's like a brat doll. So it says Drake gifted a Twitch user eighty six thousand dollars. That's one hundred. What is AUD in currency? Can you look? Is that uh, what's AUD? Can you look that up? Uh, AUD in, in currency. I I feel like it's something easy, and I just am not remembering off the top of my head, or I'm not knowing enough off the top of my head. So it's one hundred seventeen thousand in Bitcoin, and she reportedly lost all of the money the same night gambling. She's dumb. So I'm gonna reiterate that, guys. Australian dollars. Okay. So she must be from Australia. Okay. So guys, Drake. Uh, gives a Twitch streamer $86,000 worth of Bitcoin. That's $117,000 in Australian, mm-hmm. uh, in Australia. Uh, and she lost all of it in one night gambling. She sucks at gambling. That's then. amazing. No, but I've got more to this story here that I think why, why I think this might not be all that it seems. Mm-hmm. So it says Twitch user sincerely Juju was live streaming when she received a large payment in Bitcoin, which she later announced was sent from Drake. Not long after sincerely Juju received another Bitcoin payment from the rapper, which was totaling, uh, which totaled the amount equaling $86,000. Mm-hmm. Yo, what the F the gamer can be heard saying in the video. as She discovers the payment in her account. Wait, who's it from? She asked who did, this that's a whole bitcoin i just got gifted a whole bitcoin she mm-hmm. exclaims drake donated 86k to a streamer and she lost it all oh this is it's, it's, someone kept uh, kept saying to check uh, check your bitcoin you've got a gift mm-hmm. you've got a dono that's a donation yeah um uh so sincerely juju says referring to the live chat featuring the live chat feature on the platform the video shows a user called uh kai bent kai bent lee uh mm-hmm. saying it's from the boy what boy? She asks, to which Kai Bentley replies, Drake. It's from Drake? What the F? <laughs> the video then flicks to her playing blackjack, and she receives another payment in Bitcoin. You received another 43000 So that her friend says in the clip. What the F? We've got another dono. Uh, <laughs> Juju responds. Uh, sincerely, Juju took to Instagram to share her delight over the rapper's generosity. Drake gifted me 44K, she wrote, alongside a clip of one of, her, of, one of the transactions. Um... So it says it's reported that she later lost the whole amount while playing a gambling game. Drake is a passionate gamer and is known for commonly using Twitch. I think he's the one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's down here. It's like he had that like like most uh, concurrent users or most users at one time mm-hmm. on a Twitch stream with like another rapper. Uh, yeah. Pl- oh, yeah. Playing Fortnite uh, with Travis Scott uh, and in Ninja. So here's what I think, though. I think this is a little bit of marketing, and I'm going to tell you why. why? So there's another article here. It says uh, Drake, uh, Deep Pockets Drake, has spent over one billion in virtual gambling since December. Uh, it's safe to say Drake has deep pockets. The six god has always had an itch for gambling, and is definitely scratching his uh, is scratching his to kick off 2022. Whether it's betting on sports, hitting the blackjack, or roulette tables, Drake has been known to throw a few bucks down. With COVID-19 restrictions hampering Toronto casinos, Drake has found... Like, I imagine it's hard for a dude like him to go to a casino anyways. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? They have to do underground. Well, yeah, or like he has a VIP table, I'm yeah. sure, you know. Drake has found virtual gambling from the comfort of his home to be a very lucrative investment. Uh, isn't it dangerous to think of gambling as an investment? Yeah. 
He's posted a series of clips and photos on Instagram of him winning anywhere between 354000 to up to $7 million on a single roulette spin. This is why I think some people don't deserve money. According to, uh, to a post from Our Generation Music, Drake plays through online gambling company Stakes and his deep pocket six account wagered over a billion dollars since joining the website in October and December of 2021. Now, here's why I think this is, might be a little bit of advertising. If you go to the next article, it says... Deep Pockets Drake partners with online gambling company Stake after betting over a billion dollars. Now, so this is a business investment. So mm-hmm. the question is, was this in place before he bet all that money and got all this media attention about mm-hmm. it? Or is, this, or is it a result of all that betting money? I think it might be the, the former. I mm-hmm. think he might have, like, they might have uh, done this deal a while ago, and then he's betting either how he's betting house money, mm-hmm. making it look crazy to draw attention to the company. Yeah. So, so it says the Six God Drake has a new business venture and involves gambling, a lot of it. And then they go down here. It says uh, fans have seen user D- Deep Pocket Six post on his Instagram his bets with online roulette, having just recently wagered $1.25 million in Bitcoin for bets for NBA games to the Los Angeles Rams winning the Super Bowl. I mean, that, that was a story I almost covered was mm-hmm. him betting on the Super Bowl, betting that much on the Super Bowl, but we ended up not doing so. It says it was inevitable Drake and the state in the, in the uh, at stake, so that's their handle, have come together. He revealed a joint Instagram post to stake on Tuesday. I am going to be announcing a date for an upcoming live. Live event where I play to win some real money and give it all to you because that what's better than sharing with the with the sharing the love with my people. Stay tuned for future deals. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a press release that was planned well in advance, and all the gambling we've been seeing him do lately. Promotion, yeah. Like, uh, well, there's been no date set for the partnership uh, investment. So, like, do you think does that sound uh, like a fair assessment to you? Nope, because I think some people just don't. No, no, I'm saying, does it seem does it seem like a marketing move? Kind of, yeah. Like, like he had been doing this a while. Yeah, I feel like it is. Yeah. So you don't you don't like the fact that he's gambling? I don't. I don't like the fact people gamble. Period. I don't like it because I think it's a dumb investment. I know that you're doing it for fun, but then like you lose your house, you lose your marriage. You're giving the the extreme examples. Well, like, and you're talking to somebody who's in recovery, who, mm-hmm. who I can't because of that. I can't, I can't just not drink. I can't yeah. just not do drugs. I can't gamble either. So yeah. they all light up the same pleasure mm-hmm. centers of the brain. Yeah. But you have to understand that not everybody is going to end up that way. I know. And but... in a free society, mm-hmm. we have to allow people to make their decisions. I know. That's why I'm like, you do you, but I just don't like your decisions because like um... makes you less sympathetic for them when something bad happens. Yeah. So screw you, Juju, because like. You don't deserve that money. Like I said, well, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. She she earned the money. How? Being pretty? It's a marketplace just like anything else. If if people are willing to pay for it, there's a market for this it. This is why people think the U.S. is so stupid and we're declining. She's from that. Australia. Well, like, I mean Drake because Drake is... Drake's from Canada. I'm fucking Christ. I mean, what? Uh, I don't know. People are just killing my brain cells. <laughs> I mean, Canada is North America, but it's still but, North America and, territory. And you could theoretically argue that he he spends money that uh, kind of influences the world of like of rap music, which has mm-hmm. that culture around it of spending lots of money. But gambling is a is a thing as old as time. That's been going on for a lot longer. I know. And it's, that's not just a U.S. thing. Macau is one of the biggest gambling centers in the I entire know. world. Like as I said, like gambling does help like 
some people relax, but I just don't like I it. I can't imagine. I mean, I, I know that it's true, <laughs> yeah. but I can't imagine that. I don't like it, and I grew up with my grandfather, who's a black um, blackjack dealer, so oh, really? he did it for over 20 years plus, 30 That's years That's a skill plus. set, too. I have a yeah. friend. Uh, I, remember I was in Rhode Island visiting yeah. a friend. Uh, I was on a trip for one of the companies I skated yeah. for. And he was, uh, we were both filming skating during the day yeah. and he was taking classes at that time to like, he was like, he'd just gotten hired as a blackjack dealer and was going through the training program yeah. and was like, he had all the books on gaming theory and, mm -hmm. uh, had yeah, to... like my grandfather is a quick learner. Like he only did like one test and like, basically they hired him on the spot because yeah. they like his personality mm -hmm. and, um, basically he did it over 30 years plus and like, they don't want. The they, standards were probably different for getting hired. But now well, there's probably no, no, all no. sorts of like regulation. No, they place. asked him, they asked him like, do you want to take the test? And he's like, sure. And then like that same day, like he got hired. 30, 30 years ago, when you really think about it, that's mm -hmm. only like the, the late eighties. Like yeah. you think of 30 years ago as like the seventies, but it's not. It's like mm -hmm. the, yeah. Well, like it, it's, to me, I thought it was funny because, like, he did it for years. And, yeah. like, he's, like, I've seen people. That's the 90s. That's the, that's mm -hmm. the 90s. Not even the 80s. I know. The 90s. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he watched, like, people, like, basically lose their livelihoods in this. And he's, like, whatever you do, don't ever get into gambling. Yep. Because, like, he's seen it. Yeah. Like, he basically, like, seen all of these people. Like, he told me one story about this one woman who had a terrible gambling addiction. Like, yeah. basically, she had, like, terrible boyfriends. And, like, she... It's all the guy's uh, fault. Am I no, right? No, no, no. Like, he was like, yeah, like, she had terrible taste in men. Like, she was down in the slums. She would always spend her money, and she didn't know what to do. And she, like, everybody called him by Sam because, like, that was the easier way to call him. Yeah. Because, like, um. Because that's the last name, right? Yeah, yeah. But, like, um, they said it's just easier. This is when he was living in Bakersfield. Okay. Um, because the first name, apparently, they can't pronounce it, even though, um, his first name is Serene. Serene? Yeah. Okay. Um, but she was like, Sam, how do I stop gambling? Like, I don't know what to do because, like, I lost everything. And he's like, well, my opinion is, like, I don't do gambling. I watch people do it and I see how much they lose. But well, yeah. this is not the best advice, but this is advice I'll give you. Buy something that that costs, um, like, you know that you can take care of it. Like, for example, a plant. Okay. And... Or, like, buy statues because, like, he, he was, like, a heavily Buddhist. Okay. Yeah, it, it's really weird, like, how he describes, The point like, is he's discouraging them gambling. Yeah, basically yeah. he said if you spend money on things that you like, it basically you're thinking about, like, oh, what's in my pocket still? If I gambled this one night, I lose all that money. Yeah. You have to think that you're losing that money. You're not going to make profit. And if you lose all that money, you can't buy or, like, spend things that you need yeah. or want in it's life to make you happy. I just, I mean, I got, I, I'm kind of lucky. Like gambling never interested me. Yeah. Like, it, like I'm just too cautious. Like the, the, the problems that I had with drugs mm -hmm. were very uh, serious. Uh, yeah. But that's a different. I, they're trust me, they both hit the same part of the brain. Mm -hmm. But uh, when you're wasting your paycheck on something, you're taking mm -hmm. to like feel normal because you've been um, hooked for so long. That's mm -hmm. a little bit different than. Uh, than the gambling part the, well, it's the same problem mm -hmm. but for me the the gambling never stuck with me thank god mm -hmm. like well I, that's how i feel about like scratchers or the lottery yeah. and i worked at i, mm -hmm. I worked at a gas station same. for five years mm -hmm. and i sold 
hundreds of thousands of dollars mm. is like to people who like most of them could afford it most of yeah. them it was like their it was their entertainment for the week they had yeah. a they had a set budget and they mm -hmm. spent the same amount all the time yeah. i had a guy that i worked with who was mm -hmm. he he had retired twice mm -hmm. from two different careers and yeah. was working at the gas station just cuz he hated being bored mm -hmm. i think he had uh, one of them like he worked for the railroad for 20 years and yeah. then the other one was like the phone company for mm -hmm. 20 years so he had like two pensions yeah. so he had the disposable income Mm -hmm. and he could throw the money away and be fine he could but do that but like for not me, everybody can do that yeah like for me i went so i used to work for my family's convenience store and some of these people didn't have the money but they felt like they could get rich one day and like some people had these strategies like they would tell me their strategies they're like yeah you have to like count the ticket numbers because like you know how the lottery ticket it has yep. the numbers yep. and they ask you what number it is and they're like, can I buy that one? And I'm like, no, no I have to sell. Skip. Yeah, skip. Yeah. I have to sell the first one. So you have to buy the first one and the one that you wanted. I... And they will get mad at me. Oh, yeah. For that. Yep. And like this one woman, I think she's like legit scamming the lottery system. But like every every day, same thing. She would always buy daily threes. Do you know what the daily threes are? Like I said, I worked at a gas station for, yeah. <laughs> for five years. <laughs> Dumb um gambling game because like basically she'll play twice a day every day yep so imagine that um she'll play that and she would always win money back like she will always win it back and like she played in two different stores she played in my store and then she played at the store across the street but across the street like they kind of did like money under the table so like basically she was cheating yeah the system okay so running numbers okay yeah, yeah she was like running numbers and then she would always claim like oh yeah like i have property everywhere and i always win like over thousands of dollars and i'm like do you know that it gets taxed so you can't actually keep those thousands of dollars because like she claimed this one day she won over um a hundred thousand dollars in one day and she kept a, the whole on a scratch no like a daily three and scratchers and that wouldn't have i mean she wouldn't have been able to collect the money the same day she would have had to go to the... she said she did Mm. and i was like i don't think that's possible and like legit this woman had like a problem then her husband did the same thing yep. it basically like the whole family was addiction. like so i i know but they still have to have the free will to be able to make that choice yeah. in, a, in a country where you're allowed to make you're allowed to both make great choices mm. and you have the freedom to make poor ones as well we, yeah. we allow them the there's well, people who have issues mm. with uh, at least we're not we're kind of getting off this topic here like yeah. the, there's people who have issues with where they feel like the state running these things mm -hmm. is exploitative because even yeah. though the the money goes back into the system and is theoretically used for so a lot, I think a lot of it this is goes said, to conservation no uh, they said so in california the roads no for california all the lottery winnings half of it goes to schools but okay. you know how california schooling is yeah i know right it's just trash so it's it's like uh it's like so it's okay to exploit these people for uh well f as long as it's going to a good cause that's very uh determinant uh, well that's why i hate i hate the lottery system and like uh, my issue there's is with the state not yeah. with the idea of gambling well like this is why i just don't like it all in general because yeah. like you're losing stuff that you financially need yeah but so, you have to be if you're an adult you have yeah. to you have to be the one to make the decision that you can mm -hmm. that you can do that without uh mm -hmm. going overboard yeah i don't know for me i I don't feel sympathetic, sorry, unpopular um, opinion. I don't feel sympathetic.
pathetic for them because if you lose all that money that they gifted to you, then you're fucking stupid. They need uh, uh, people who gamble. I mean, if she's Twitch and she's making that much in a night, even from one-time mm-hmm. thing, she's probably doing all right. Well, so. she is pretty, but like, still, I think it's stupid. It is stupid. I agree. It's stupid. And it's Bitcoin. Do you know Bitcoin is like rising prices right now? Well, that would she should have held it then. Exactly. She, she should have held you're it. You're dumb. She, she should have held you're on You're dumb. You should have invested in something else. If you wanted to gamble, gamble in stocks. We'll call it... Uh, we're going to call it uh, armchair expert we're calling a uh, second guess miracle uh, second guessing with miracle with miracle sam or if you want to invest invest to somebody that you think is gonna have a bright future there you go <laughs> that's a good gamble this, we uh we are not giving financial advice here guys nope. at all nope. especially i mean i didn't give any but miracle is definitely not giving you financial advice nope, and she i'm is, not I'm she's just, not a financial consultant nope i just don't like it when people gamble i don't have sympathy for you and you need help just go die in a in a ditch why don't you miracle says so i'm just kidding <laughs> i don't know right. but like droid can do whatever he wants like he's appa- got the money he's, he, he got he, he got some money yeah. and apparently they call him deep pockets but <laughs> how long are those pockets deep for like i said i think he was betting house money on that i think that was uh, an advertising deal yeah. so all right we're moving on Sweet. we're gonna talk about the bubble mm-hmm. uh d- you sent me this originally. Yeah, I thought uh, it was funny. I, I I giggled a little bit mm-hmm. at first. Uh, I hated it a little bit at first. Yeah. And the more I see it, the less I hate it, yeah. uh, I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I, I know a lot of people think that it's uh, it's trivializing. So, okay, let's, let's for, before we get started. So, The Bubble is a it's a new comedy from Judd Apatow. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know who Judd Apatow is, he did, uh, I was trying to think of the, there was like one big one right off the bat that I always forget about whenever, mm-hmm. I'm, whenever I'm talking about him. Uh, and I always forget, so then I have to remind myself which one is it. He made mm-hmm. the King of Staten Island, but we'll <laughs> forgive him for that. Yeah. Uh, he did. Um, he he did fr- three episodes of Freaks and Geeks like early on in his career. Mm-hmm. I think the big one that he's known for is uh, uh, the Forty Year Old Virgin. Yeah. He he made, and knocked up. Those are like his big uh, his big uh, productions that he directed mm-hmm. as comedy. Mm-hmm. But um, for me. He, he's like uh, it's not really my genre so mm-hmm. i'm it's not something ooh, he, oh uh, he's a producer on heavyweights heavyweights is one of my favorite movies of all time but uh he's got a style of comedy that people have you have to either really like it or you're not gonna you're either really gonna like it or you're not gonna like it at all mm-hmm. uh but so the, basically what the idea of this movie is is it's a it's a movie about a hollywood film set that's yeah. taking place during COVID-19 and the hoops they have to jump through to make it work. But of course it's done in a way that is so ridiculous and over the top. I, at one point um, saw cocaine get snorted off of uh, Keegan. uh, What's his name? A head. Michael. Yeah. Keegan, Michael key Mm -hmm. Uh, cocaine gets snorted off his bald head. Yeah. Uh, It's a beautiful thing. Uh, I think that I literally, that was like one of the things I wrote down. I'm like Mm -hmm. WTF. Mm -hmm. But uh, so it's got, it's good. It's one of these movies that has like a ridiculously uh, big ensemble cast of like names you've heard of Uh, David Duchovny's in there. Pedro Pascal, who uh, I'm not a huge fan of, but I have to give him a pass because he's doing this and Mm -hmm. he's doing the unbearable weight of massive talent. The, the, the one with Nicolas Cage that we're Mm going to see. So Keegan, Michael Key, I like a lot. Kate McKinnon, I don't really, I don't know how much of her stuff I've actually seen. I like Karen, but she's a pretty big, uh, mm-hmm. she's a pretty big star. Uh, and Karen Gillan, I said, mm-hmm. Ke- I said Kate McKinnon, not Karen yeah. Gillan. Yeah, Karen Gillan is is very well known now for uh, Iron Man for playing. Um, did you see the voice from Iron Man? She's uh she's. I don't remember that, but she's also in Jumanji. Yes, 
Um, no, isn't she the voice of like uh, Iron Man's suit? I don't know. I don't know. Talk. I, I'm gonna look it up. I'm okay, gonna... but yeah, I only remember her from um, Jumanji. Like she's the character that basically she gets played as, like the the dorky girl oh, becomes ne the pretty Nebula. girl. She's Nebula yes. in, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Sorry, I, I who is it that plays the voice? <laughs> no, I can't remember. You should look it up. Uh, okay. Okay, who I'll plays the it. voice of... Uh, okay, so this movie, the, the, the concept is... is but like For a lot of people, it's going to hit too close to home. Um, remember, uh, a lot of us, we had businesses shut down. You lost your jobs. You, uh, we struggled and we suffered for two years. I, I was listening to a Tim Dillon, to the Tim Dillon podcast today, and he's talking about how we deserve a summer this year without uh, high inflation gas prices because of just how awful the last two years have been. Mm -hmm. And uh, making movies couldn't have been easy, but the average person like us isn't going to have a lot of sympathy yeah. for a bunch of rich people who have trouble doing their jobs. You're yeah. just not. Uh, I, I think that in a way this is going to make it so ridiculous that it, it's not going to, hopefully if, if you're not too sensitive, which you shouldn't be, uh, like you can watch this and not be like, look at them. They're making fun of us, whatever. Uh, the, what, what, the name of the movie they're working on is my favorite part. It's called cliff. The, 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 the fake movie in the so within this movie, they're they're trying to film a movie mm -hmm. uh, during COVID nineteen. The name of the movie is Cliff Beast Six, mm -hmm. and it's uh, supposedly the story is based on their uh, Sharknado. No, no, no. Supposedly this mm -hmm. is based on the 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 trouble getting uh, Jurassic Park Dominion film during oh. COVID nineteen. So, <laughs> um, it's also got uh, uh, Judd Apatow's daughter in it. I wonder. How, I always wonder how people because I'd never heard of. I think it's Iris Apatow. Yeah. Uh, I always feel weird, like, for instance, I'm looking <laughs> at this thing where, like, all the stars are lift listed, K Karen Gillan, David Duchovny, mm -hmm. Keegan-Michael Key, Leslie Mann. Iris Apatow is the only one that doesn't have, like, a, a link, you know, like, the red name that links yeah. to previous work. Like, do you ever think they feel weird about, like, getting hired as, like, uh, I, I don't want to say, like, uh, nepotism, because I don't know mm -hmm. how talented, she could be the most talented actress in the world. Well, I don't know. it's the same thing of... Angelina Jolie, like her dad, was a famous director. But she, John Voight, was a, was a famous actor. Actor, my bad. Who's the director guy uh, that basically had his daughter play in something? I forgot. It's um, Bryce Dallas Howard, maybe Ron Howard's daughter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now she's a director as well. Yeah, there's a. I mean, there's a. Hollywood is a very incestuous uh, business. I don't mean yeah. that in that sense. I mean it like it's really like if it's you ever want to within the family. If you want to go, what he means. yeah. If, if you, well, I'm saying, but I don't mean it in the creepy sense like that. No, no, like, within yeah. the family. Yeah. If you want to go down a rabbit hole someday, pick mm -hmm. an actor, go on their IMDb, look at who they're married to, mm -hmm. and then just go go through. And it's like it's like you go down this list, and it's like everybody's involved with mm -hmm. everybody outside of the industry it's it's really crazy yeah. it says uh it says um it's a, oh it says benedict it says uh there's a skype call with a tough looking film exec benedict cumberbatch with or without his permission even appears as a deep fake yeah. i didn't even notice it was a deep fake oh i thought he was okay with it well i'm saying i didn't notice that it was a deep fake mm -hmm. and not actually him uh so i'm i hated this idea at first mm -hmm. I, I i feel like i'm like it's part of like it's part of being like very like aware of just how shitty Hollywood is mm -hmm. that you naturally become defensive against stuff like this. Yeah. And there is such a thing as celebrities who have no uh, tact and don't know how to connect with the common person. Yeah. But it, this is so ridiculous that it's not like it's trying to be something, uh, something it's not. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to, there was a, uh, there was a, th uh, 
like an audio recording that came out of Tom Cruise when they were filming Mission Impossible mm-hmm. during COVID, where he he cusses up a storm at a couple of uh, workers who mm-hmm. weren't wearing their masks, and a lot of people are like, "Look at this guy; he's being a tyrannical boss. What a piece of shit!" Yeah. But the thing is, is he's trying to make this movie. Now, I don't know what his stance is on COVID. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what he believes. But I do know that at that time, the rules were that everyone had to have their masks on and mm-hmm. everyone had to do this. And so here's this guy who's uh, producing this movie, which means he's not just acting in it. He's producing as well. So he's, he's sunk a lot of money into this. Mm-hmm. And he gets <clears throat> mad when everybody's not taking it seriously. Yeah. Because it's not just money for him. He's like in the in the clip, he says... He's like, I'm employing a lot of people here. They've got families to feed. So yeah. a lot of people were mad at him when he did that, and it didn't bother me. I mean, is it good that he blew up at people like that? No, but mm-hmm. I get the I get the stress, yeah. and I try to give them the benefit of the doubt, even if they don't always deserve it, Yeah. right? So, so I feel like some of it's based on that type of behavior. Mm-hmm. One thing that bothers me is that we're still seeing at, like, the Super Bowl or at these celebrity gala events where mm-hmm. all the celebrities get to walk around without their masks on, yeah. and the workers are all still muzzled Mm -hmm. and I hate that but this feels like it's taking a kind of absurdist approach to what was essentially an absurd time to be making movies Mm -hmm. like as far as what what the government regulated what the studios had to regulate uh, as far as limiting their liability for getting sued yeah Uh, like it's an absurd idea for an absurd theme of a fake movie called Cliff like just make Cliff B6 yeah how about that Mm -hmm. can we just get Cliff B6 made that would be funny like, if it's this a is sequel like, to Sharknado. Yeah, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be funny if it's actually a real movie that they're actually planning to do, and that, everybody's like, "What happened to the other five movies? Don't that, worry about it." That would be cool. That like, remember <laughs> or what was the a couple of years ago? There was like a like a found footage horror movie that was coming out, and then they really it, they didn't tell anyone until the day of the movie's release that it was a Blair Witch Project remake. Um, it like it was just, it was called something vaguely, vaguely. Uh, you know, Hollywoodish, but uh, look up a uh, Blair Witch Project remake reveal or something like that. But that's kind of like, uh, I don't know why that popped in my head, but that popped into my head. So it says, uh, the, this other article just says, uh, the bubble trailer, Judd Apatow's Netflix comedy puts a star-studded film set in lockdown. So the idea is that all this stuff is happening while you're, I don't know if you guys spent much time, I, I was a loner. Lockdown didn't really affect me mm-hmm. all that much at that time. I wasn't working here at the time. Uh, I went to work every day and I went home. And, I, you know, when you're already an introvert, I still skated every day. Half the businesses were shut down. My life wasn't affected all that much. The Omen? The that, Ring? No. Carrie? No, no. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. I searched it up exactly how you said it, and they it was, keep on uh, it was showing like, Blair Witch. So it was the Blair Witch, but it was called something else up yeah. until the day. I forget what it is now. So it says, Netflix has released a trailer for The Bubble, Judd Apatow's upcoming comedy about a cast of crew blockbuster, uh, the cast and crew of a blockbuster movie in production during COVID-19 pandemic. Like I said, my instinct is to not like this idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's funny about this is I hate, it, It's it, this speaks to the duality of man. I yeah. hate um shows that are using COVID 19 in storyline yeah but like, they called I, it influenza in the no, movie in the, in the tree yeah in the trailer but they're like but that's the good virus yeah uh but i like when i'm watching tv shows like, like if i'm watching a police procedural yeah. i hate seeing masks mm-hmm. i hate being taken out of the like i want entertainment to be escapism yeah i understand why there's a certain argument to be made that you can't ignore something like this mm-hmm. in the history books but i just like like Je- uh reacher had no didn't acknowledge covid yeah. at all like and i fought, felt that <sighs> it will st- it will stand 
time better yeah. by not acknowledging it. But at the same time, if a show's been on for 10 years, can it just pretend like it's not happening? Mm-hmm. So there's this weird, like, I like this idea because it's the whole, the whole concept of the movie yeah. rather than just a bit player in something bigger. Does that make sense? Yeah, it kind of makes sense, but I don't know. It, it doesn't it's... really, like, it, it kind of, it makes me seem really loopy mm-hmm. and weird but like no, no no i get where you're coming from because this movie at first i was like uh but then i had like a little chuckle when they did the cocaine scene yeah and i was the like the puking thing i i didn't i don't like humor like that like yeah they're, 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 like, that grosses up, me yeah out. like that's not my thing yeah uh, for you guys if you guys haven't watched the trailer go watch the trailer if you're listening to this first, it's but, gonna be a netflix movie uh, uh so um basically they're like hanging upside down in a green screen backdrop and like mm-hmm. they all throw up it's i hate that's never mm-hmm. been my type of my type of humor so yeah it's kind of gross and also the answer your question earlier brett um were you talking about friday um iron man's um yes AI? my girl friday who, um who yeah him? so the voice actor was carrie condon condon our irish actress oh, wow i got it completely wrong yeah because i thought you were talking about jarvis and i was like jarvis is a man no before that before, uh, before <laughs> friday the, yeah okay mm-hmm. all right it is what it is yeah it is i was wrong about that go mm-hmm. figure um all right, so yeah, this one's got Karen Gillan in it. So uh, we'll see how. It go- I mean, that this could be a risk. It could uh, people could hate it. I, I'm more I'm more apt to like this than don't look up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at least it's being uh, humorous in, yeah. in a way that doesn't feel too. I mean, we'll have to see what the humor is actually like in that. Mm-hmm. I'm always wary of Pedro Pascal now after his uh, <laughs> his Twitter and Instagram stuff. Yeah. but we'll see. Well, also I don't like Meryl Sp- uh, Street. Yep. That's well, why I didn't like um, don't look up. Yep. I'm like, uh, okay, shut up. Nobody likes your acting anymore. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. You're an old has been, and your acting's not that good. I don't know why you got all of those Oscars, but whatever. Uh, before your time, Miracle, you had to. She sucked at acting before my time even too. I watch her old stuff. It's gross. Okay, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. It's gross. All right, are you ready for Podluck? Because this first story, yes. Mir- Miracle, Jason Miracle, Momoa. Look at this, this I, 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 as my co-host, Miracle, mm-hmm. I, I, I live to find stories that make you happy. Mm-hmm. Right, this one I knew would make you very, very happy. Yeah. So we reported before that it was possible that Jason Momoa would end up in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Our yeah. boss Tim's, uh, he thinks it's the premier franchise film. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and we, lo and behold, Miracle, your dreams are coming true. Yeah. Jason Momoa will be playing the villain. The villain in the 10th yeah. Fast and the Furious movie. I, I do wonder if it's actually going to be the last one because you'd think they would have said that in the headline of this article. They're saying that this is going to be the last one. Fast Lies. 10. I know, right? Lies. It's, uh, it'll be you a... said 6 was going to be the last one. Look at where we at now. Yep. So it says uh, Drago himself. Um, Jason Momoa will be playing the villain in the next Fast and the Furious movie. Momoa, who has, pre- has previously played superhero Aquaman, will be sinking his teeth into something more deliciously evil, mm-hmm. and we can't wait to see what he cooks up. He told Entertainment uh. Weekly yesterday, March 2nd, that he mm-hmm. can't wait to play the bad guy once again. If you look at this guy, mm-hmm. he's too cool to be a good guy. Well, he's, like-, like, designed to be the cool bad guy. Mm-hmm. Look at He's too cool. I He's know. Too I know. It, like he can't be like a goody two shoes uh, good guy looking that handsome. Mm-hmm. You can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're not going to shave him clean. Like you're not going to shave his face. No, you're not going to shave the face or the hair. But it would be funny if they gave him a bald cap and they do this photo. So you know, you remember the Vin Diesel yeah, and the yeah. Rock. So if you get him shaved and have him in the middle, that would be the best thing ever. 
isn't it funny how in the last one they brought in John Cena as like the rid- ridiculously unrealistic long lost brother of Dominic Toretto? Yeah. He could actually be John Dominic Toretto's long lost brother. Yeah. Look at this guy. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, I mean, if Dominic, if Vin Diesel was like uh, more, you know, Vin Diesel's a good looking guy, but mm-hmm. he's not. He's not Jason Momoa handsome, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's true. Nobody is. <laughs> as Merrick, as Miracle will gladly tell you, very few people are that handsome. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just over the Fast and Furious movie franchise. I'm just over it. Well, like, you don't have a soul. Well, no. After Paul Walker died, I was like over I know. it. I know. I was over it. Like that song, it said it was over. They claim it was going to no, be the they last never, one. No, they never said that. They never Meh. said it was going to be over. There's too much money to be made. Um, dumb. I'm going to go do Fast 10. That's going to be fun. It's fun. I get to play the bad guy, which I haven't gotten to do for a while. Now I get to be the bad boy, a very flamboyant bad boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Momoa was very tight-lipped about his upcoming role, but it was revealed that his flamboyant character would clash heads with Dominic Troyo's crew in Fast and the Furious 10. What's funny about this is like, uh, I was when we were talking about um, the Batman. Mm-hmm. We we're talking about how like all the all the bad guys, like all the bad politicians, are white, and all the good yeah. politicians are, are other races. Because it's like Hollywood; they're they're terrified mm-hmm. to to do anything different these days because yeah. they're uh, they're afraid they're going to get yelled at by woke Twitter. Yes. But then what's funny is like the, all the good roles go to the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Like in most movies. Everyone wants to be the cool bad guy who gets mm-hmm. to deliver his cool monologue and look cool, sound cool, while doing cool bad guy things. Mm-hmm. So you're not even giving roles to people from different groups because now you're making the you know the white dudes be the bad guys all the yeah. time. He's like, I, I always reference, uh, it, there was a really bad um, remake of The Predator, mm-hmm. and um, I loved it, but I love the original Predator, and I understand that the remake is not good yeah. but I, I i like it's a guilty pleasure sterling k brown just plays this dickhead in the movie and he's yeah. chewing gum the whole time looks like he's having the time of his life while yeah. he's doing this and i'm watching it and i'm like i'm like smiling i'm like happy for him because he, he <laughs> looks like he's having a good time yeah I'm like look how happy he is yeah he's like he's just chewing the scenery eating it up he's like man i'm on that i'm on that this is us i gotta play this sappy good guy guy mm-hmm. all the time i'm just gonna be a bad guy now yeah like, that's awesome mm-hmm. that's awesome so you know what let everyone be the bad guy in movies people let's yeah well like did we read an article where they complain like i don't get to play the bad guy but once i do it's like more fun for me all it's almost without without um without exception every yeah. actor if you read interviews say they want to play the bad guy yeah they, it's it's more fun yeah and it's it kind of taps into your id it's it's like there's a great interview with um, Tom Cavanaugh, the guy mm-hmm. who played Reverse Flash yeah. and uh, Eobard Thawne on yeah. Arrow, mm-hmm. where he talks to me. He's like, he's like, how oh, I had to master my bad guy voice. He's like, mm-hmm. you never talk and you never talk loud. You always talk like this. Mm-hmm. And then they'll show like him and Barry on opposite ends of the room. He's like, how yeah. does he even hear me? I'm barely talking. <laughs> he's like, you just, they, it's bad guy projection. Mm-hmm. They hear you because of bad guy. It's like, Barry, I'm going, he's like, Run faster, Barry. And like the like I, they imagine like a skit where in the other mm-hmm. is like, what? I know Shazam did that. What? Shazam did that. I, I can't hear you. Yeah. Shazam did that where like he's Oh like, yeah, they did. Yes, I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Shazam they did it. So basically who was the guy that played as um the bad guy? Oh, in, in that it's <clears throat> I forget he the, he was the same guy who played who was in um he was in the original uh it's like something strong, Mark Strong mm-hmm. or something. He's the guy, he was the bad, he also played a character in uh, the Green Lantern movie. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think it's Mark Strong, but I'm not yeah. really sure. But basically, he's doing this whole bad guy monologue, and then like Shazam is like, what? 
I can't hear you. You know, there's like a whole like football field yeah. a part of us. I can't hear you. Beautiful. And like he was still, Mark Strong. Uh -huh. Damn. First. Let's go. Guest on the. Let's go. <laughs> guest on the first try. But yeah, he's like. You know what? Just stay there. I'll go to you. Yeah. And then, like, they charge at each other. It's the absurdity of what they're actually doing. Let yeah. these people, like, let them all have fun. Let people be the bad guy if they want to be the bad guy. Let them be the bad guy. Even if it's a bad, bad guy. Yeah. Like, if it's a terrible acting of a bad guy, who cares? We remember that. And Momoa's got, he's got the voice to play a bad guy. When he's, like, even in Justice League, when he's, like, <laughs> Bruce Wayne, talk. Like, that's not the Dude. voice of a good guy. It's the voice of a cool bad guy. Imagine him wearing a uh, a man bun, wearing a tux, and doing that voice too. Oh yeah, they'll totally put like yeah. How can we make the? It's like the. It's like his like like. I don't even think him eating an apple would make him the bad guy. We're gonna have to give him something that is universally hated, and then just yeah. some entrance like, I got it, man, man bun. bun, and they're like, you're an executive now. You're hired. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, give this man a raise. I like the man bun sometimes. I used to have a man bun. Like it depends on the face shape. <laughs> I had uh, like the shaved. Yeah, I, yeah. I had the whole. I had the whole. Mine was more like uh, I never actually wore it up, mm -hmm. except for skating. Sometimes if I didn't have a hat, you had to do yeah. it just because uh, you can't actually spin and, and do tricks with. That'd be cool if like you did spinning and your hair is like flashy. Like yeah. you're like that pretty boy in the movies where they just flip their hair. Well, I will tell you this: I was never cool enough to be uh uh Jason Momoa cool. That is for sure. So it's a... well, Jason Momoa is also a Pacific Islander. He is. Oh, you know. He was in the original Baywatch. Yeah, that long I saw. Ago. Um, I saw like the picture of him, and I was like, "Dude, he looks good without a beard and like short." Hair. He was a lot younger. I mean, he was—he's still young, but mm -hmm. he's just—he uh, was like that. Was like he must have been like eighteen or nineteen at that time. Dude, he's massive. Yep, he's a huge, dude. What? Are, what are you Pacific Islanders feeding your kids? I have no idea. Is it all that spam and rice? Like. I need to feed my kid that. Yeah, yeah, genetics, man. Mm -hmm. So it says, uh, initially the 10th Fast and the Furious film was set to be released early of last year, <sighs> early April last year. However, production was halted due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Yee. just like the movie we were just talking about. Uh, with the film's release subsequently being pushed back to February of 2023 before being delayed again to April 7th of 2023 and now again to May 19th of 2023. So about a year away, uh, mm -hmm. a little over a year away from now. It says uh, for the first time in the franchise, the film, so it's being broken into two parts. So it's literally, it's like, uh, it's like Vin Diesel in the, in the Fast and the Furious of Secrets. Yeah. Uh, it's going to give me a two part finale or the Deathly Furious. Yeah. I'm excited. That would be funny. Get Dumbledore in there. Oh, Boom. get a crossover with, uh, I think they're, but no, one's, one's, uh, Paramount and one is, uh, Warner Brothers. So. Yeah. Harry Potter is Warner Brothers. And, and Paramount owns, well, get, let's get a contract signed. I want to see Ron Weasley and, um, Draco Malfoy, not Harry, like they can't get Harry Potter, mm -hmm. but they get zapped into another dimension and they're suddenly on earth 59 with uh with um Ron Weasley and Draco Malfoy who in this one are best friends. What? Not, not enemies. Yeah, let's just make it completely no, ridiculous. I don't know what's going on anymore. I was like do a crossover with a weird Fast one where Furious? Ron where yeah, yeah, just make a crossover. No, get, they went to space already. You're telling me you can't do a uh, weird Harry Potter fan fiction? No, let's get Sonic. Okay. versus Vin Diesel. Well, let's be honest. It should be involved with Transformers. Oh my God! Let's get Transformers, Sonic, and Fast and Furious. Let's do this. It's, it's really... And then in the background, you get Godzilla, even though he's like 
Warner Brother property. Yeah, yeah. like it's like the fact that they have it because I think Paramount does Fast and the Furious or does uh, <coughs> Transformers. No. Um. Yes. Oh wait, yeah, they do. So, dude, just imagine Vin Diesel riding Optimus Prime no, into. Wait, wait, wait. No, he's owned by um. Warner Brothers, right? No, I don't remember. I have to rewatch like Space Jams. What? What does that have to do with? Because Space Jams, they write it's what Disney. Space Plus... Space Jams. Oh no, it's not. I'm an idiot. Excuse me, Sorry. sir. I'm an idiot. Uh, let's find out. But yeah, in the movie where LeBron James like writes all the characters that belong to Warner Brothers. And oh, HBO do... Max is uh, that's Warner Brothers. Yeah. Which studio owns Transformers? Right. No, you know what would be a good crossover? All the Paramount par- <laughs> Picture. Boom. Okay, thank you. I was right. Okay, you get um, you get all the Harry Potter characters, flash them back to um, basically Game of Thrones. That would be God. We're just we're just entering weird uh, <laughs> Tumblr fan fiction. You know, let's get the hell out of here. No, I don't like, want nothing to do with Tumblr. Let's get the hell out. And then like Ron Weasley is like all quivering because Khaleesi's like, "Come here, child." <laughs> now you've really entered the weird Tumblr. I think there's a deviant art page that goes along with that. I don't want to see it. So somebody draw it. It said it to Brett. Let's not do that. <laughs> uh, we got one more thing I want to cover. This just—I uh, don't know if this one really interests you, but it interests me. There is going to be a third uh, Perot movie planned with Kenneth Branagh due mm-hmm. to return. Uh, um, what's this one going to be? I, I, I'm guessing there's no uh, info yet, but they're just saying that th- this was approved. So says Kenneth Branagh and his mustache will be back. Uh, uh, it will return in a Death on the Nile sequel. It's not a Death on the Nile sequel. It's a sequel to the Agatha Christie books mm-hmm. uh, featuring Hercule Perot. It says, following this year's Perot outing, Death on the Nile, 20th Century Studio uh, President uh, Steve Asbell mm-hmm. has confirmed that a third adventure for probably the greatest detective in the world is now in development. An in-depth report from The Hollywood Reporter, Asbell revealed that a script for a threequel starring Brana has been written and teased some details regarding the adaptation. We have the Perot franchise. We have other Christie stories. I love these films. I love Brana, who plays Detective Hercule Perot and director and directed Murder on the Orange Express and Death on the Nile. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, any chance, any opportunity that gives, or any movie that gives Brana the opportunity to direct I'm a, I'm a huge fan of mm-hmm. um, we have a third script written by Michael Green and is pretty da- and is a pretty daring shift in genre and tone it's post-war Venice and an adaptation of one of the lesser known novels so I think you'll see the mustache again he shaved the mustache in the last one I so know but good. imagine this Harry Potter characters with Perot they could do that and like- they're solving a mystery who killed him and then have the Scooby Doo murder characters. on the Hogwarts Express. No, and then have Scooby Doo. <laughs> Mur- Ignore her. Murder on the Hogwarts Express. No, and then let's have, go. Let, let's have Scooby Doo like just the dog. Now you're just being silly. I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting serious. Yes, murder on the Orient Express. Murder on the Hogwarts Express. How are you not? It's probably already been. There's probably already fan fiction of that. Maybe, but no. I want Scooby Doo in it because, like, you know, they solve mysteries. Yes, but then it's always some evil businessman trying to commit a land grab. But that's so cool. Like, imagine (laughs) it. Like, they have wizards. Look at look at this. Says Brana wants to make an Agatha Christie shared universe. Everyone wants a gosh darn shared universe. Everyone apparently. So. With another Perot sequel, now, like I don't think this needs to have a shared universe. Mm-hmm. Just make good movies and make them their own thing. Well, it can be connected, like the friends, like some of the characters, yeah. like 
cross over to like one of his new mysteries and he's like what are you doing here and he's like you're the murderer this time and they're like i didn't murder last the time i time is murder yeah he's <laughs> like i didn't i didn't murder this time i won't murder this um i didn't murder last time i won't murder this time. yeah thank you my brain was like melting it's okay but yeah imagine that like he has like the black lady who's saying uh salome oh yeah the, like that, she that comes awesome like she comes with him to this next adventure because mm -hmm. like they're kind of a thing. Then they, that means they can bring Letitia right back mm -hmm. uh, as the as the as the niece or like she's, she's the, the niece, niece. Slash, um It wasn't the daughter; it was a niece. But uh, she's Letitia a niece. Wright is awesome. Yeah, like she was the niece slash manager. Yes, of the of the mom or of the aunt. Yeah, yes. the aunt. And like basically, they go on an adventure again. He's like, "I'm accusing you of murder," and she's like, murder. "I didn't, I didn't murder last time." You... She's like, "Again, really? Yeah. I'm down." I am down. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a there's a there's a good a bunch of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we did I, I think we did better talking about the Batman this time around. Yeah, uh, it felt more because we're both awake. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna go see the Batman guys, it's it's a it's a it's it's a task. Mm -hmm. It's not. I don't mean like it's a bad thing. I'm saying like it's a it's a time consuming. You gotta really want it. So mm -hmm. uh, I do recommend you go see it though. I do think it's worth your time. Yes. So, yes. Miracle, thank you. Yeah, so thank much. you to you. That was fun. Yes. As a, uh, I, I knew that the Jason Momoa one would be, as I get there, I'll say this for the end. Well, I want to see him in the bald cap just to do that photo with Vin Diesel and The Rock yep. and maybe John Cena. The Rock is back and he's jacked up on baby oh, wait, oil. Wait, instead of a bald cap, let's have him in a man bun, have John Cena with like his fresh cut and then just have them do that iconic, like, you know that meme where they grab each other's arms and it's like this is you this is me yes that's but uh, like all four from, of them remember i mentioned the predator earlier yeah it's from the original predator movie oh meme. Yep. yep oh i know now you know blow your mind right mm -hmm. blew the blew her mind oh and then they can hire um arnold Schwarzenegger back no so we're just turning into fan the fan <laughs> the the, the, fa the fast and the furious expendables movie now exactly get all the muscly yeah. men dolph, in hollywood dolph lundgren can come back as old man uh he could be he could be mm -hmm. uh, uh john cena's actual dad in that movie he's old enough to be john cena's dad lester so. salone comes back yes <laughs> we're, we're doing it we're, we're gonna make our own uh, we might as well just sort of fan fiction company yeah let's do it <laughs> let's do it do you hear this do you hear this? I'm not creative enough. You you might be creative enough. I'm not creative enough for that. Well, you went to school for film. I went for it school. It doesn't mean I'm creative enough to write fan fiction about stuff that I'm not 110% like confident on. That's true. Well, I also need somebody to wrangle me because I did write a fanfic where like a uh, Joker has a kid who's a uh, uh <laughs> no, 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 not Joker. Uh Superboy and Miss Martian had like a kid that's a him Okay, then. <laughs> With that being said, Miracle, why don't you tell... I'm just weird. It's okay. Being, uh, we live in a society. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just weird. I wrote this when I was in college because I was bored. It's okay. Hey, you are allowed to be weird. Yeah. You're and right. people are allowed to gamble. And you're you're allowed to be weird. Mm -hmm. They're allowed to gamble. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful thing. It's a yeah. country. Yeah. yeah. And that stink bug is allowed to crawl over your notebook. <laughs> okay. Oh, I see him. Yeah, yeah. he's all right there. For it's me. like a stink bug season coming up soon. Oh, great, mm -hmm. great. All right, uh, Miracle. Tell everyone your social media so they know where they can find you. I don't have social media because it rots your brain. She is 110% right about that, guys, uh -huh. which is why if you want to rot your brain with me, <laughs> you can follow me on social media on Instagram, at Brett Dasovic. And if you want to follow the show, please go to the YouTube channel first. Uh, 
pop culture crisis on YouTube. Once you do that, you can subscribe to the channel. You can check out all the videos. All of these are segmented. Uh, go in, leave comments, uh, so, uh, like the videos with the stupid thumbs up thing that I always miss mentioning. I, I don't like to don't do forget the, to hit the yep, bell button. The, I don't. I'm, I've got too much pride for doing that part of it. After you've uh, watched any of those videos, guys, go to the description box and you will find a link to the Spotify playlist that has the full unabridged uh, audio only version of this podcast. That is the whole thing start to finish. It is, in my opinion, the best way to take in this uh, this bit of uh, mm -hmm. Hollywood uh, entertainment that we provide you. This Hollywood um, critical, uh, critical of Hollywood entertainment. So mm -hmm. go to Spotify, uh, go on there and listen to the podcast start to finish. That is the best way to do it. But we're not just on Spotify. We're also on Amazon Music, on Apple Podcasts, and on Pandora. On social media, we are on Twitter. It's at popculture underscore show. And then you will make Dane very happy by following us on Facebook and on TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis. And guess what? About Dane, he will be back with our episode tomorrow. So we will see you on a new one then, guys. Bye. Bye.